Hello and welcome to Who Collective Emergency Podcast. Joining me from Athens, Georgia, where he was uh, planning on taking the rest of the week off to attend a family wedding is Tim Bonteps. Hello, guys. And joining me from Cologne, Germany, where he broke off watching the Germany-France game in, in Eurobasket uh, pool play to come back to his hotel, ruined his night um, uh, eating Wiener Schnitzel and drinking out of Steins is Band McMahon. A lot of that is true, but not all of it. <laughs> okay. Got to see Dirk's number go up in the rafters. Will Donovan Mitchell's number be retired by the Utah Jazz? Let's discuss. Uh, no, it will not be. Will it be retired by the Cleveland Cavs? Um, we have a uh, pretty stunning trade um, that went down. Uh, the Cavs um, making one of the biggest trades in their franchise history. Um as a uh, lifelong Northeastern Ohio person, I would say it's in the top three all time between them trading for Sean Kemp in uh, 1997 or eight or something like that, um, trading for Kevin Love in 2014, and now trading for Donovan Mitchell, trading up uh, five years of draft control, 2025, 27, 29 unprotected picks, 2026 and 28 swaps to the Jazz along with um, three players uh, headlined by Lowry Markkinen, uh, Colin Sexton in a uh, sign-and-trade, four years, $72 million fully guaranteed. Colin Sexton, um, break out the champagne, sir. You hit the jackpot. Uh, uh, he was headed for the qualifying offer last week. Um, and uh, and, Avi, and uh, Oche Abaji, who was the Cavs' uh, lottery pick at the 14th pick this year out of Kansas, um, going to Utah. Mm-hmm. So before we talk about um, the way that Donovan Mitchell fits on the Cavs, first we have to talk about the underlying here, which is the collapse of talks between the um, New York Knicks and Utah Jazz. Um, I don't know how close it actually was ever only maybe the jazz would know that and even within the jazz organization you may have people who would different but the knicks and jazz had gotten to some stage where there was some progress some traction and um it 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 was a wrecking ball hit when the when the when the Knicks and Jazz wouldn't come to terms, I don't know who said no. I don't know if it was the Knicks that said no or the Jazz that said no. And Knicks went ahead and signed R.J. Barrett to a contract extension on Monday. That created an incredible amount of animus between the two organizations. I definitely felt it in talking to people over the last 24 hours. I will tell you that even though I felt that there was some scar tissue there, I was saying it's only... August 31st, September 1st. That doesn't mean that they're not going to do a deal. Even though RJ Barrett was under a, now a poison pill contract, I didn't think it was impossible for him to get traded or for the Knicks to eventually do a deal with the Jazz. But obviously the Jazz felt like they needed to move on and do this deal with the Cavs. Bon temps, we will not know about how this is going to work out for the Jazz for a while till we see where those Cavs picks fall. But the Jazz deciding to drop what they could get from the Knicks and go with the Cavs and trade Donovan Mitchell into a team that is probably going to be pretty formidable for the short to medium term. There is, there was some emotions in this trade to go do this trade on September 1st. Uh, Yes. And no. I mean, I, I think obviously, you know, we saw earlier this week, 
uh, you know, in our colleague Agent Wojnarowski's reporting that the two sides had, you know, the Knicks had set this deadline on Monday. We're either going to extend R.J. Barrett or we're going to have him in a trade right now. Obviously, the Knicks extended him. Ironically, Leon Rose had a, a quote tweeted out by the Knicks account about how excited they were to extend R.J. Barrett three minutes before Adrian's tweet about the Cavs uh, acquiring Donovan Mitchell in this blockbuster trade this afternoon. Uh, certainly an interesting juxtaposition there. Um, but I think beyond that, look, what did, what did we spend the whole pod that came out this morning talking about? Is that ultimately, when you look at this deal, what is it that the Jazz wanted to get out of this deal? It was to get a mountain of draft capital going forward. We saw when they made the Rudy Gobert trade, where they got essentially five first-round picks for a bunch of expiring contracts going forward, they're prioritizing getting as much draft capital as possible and tearing this thing down to the studs. And as we've went through this whole process, the Knicks have had the most capital to put in a trade from a draft standpoint, and we've also consistently heard the Knicks were not willing to put in all of that draft capital or even at times necessarily a lot of it because they thought they were in the catbird seat in terms of getting Donovan Mitchell. And to me, Cleveland looked at this like Minnesota did, as you pointed out, we talked right before the pod, Brian, said, hey, look, we got a chance to take a huge swing here. We've got Darius Garland. We could pair two all-star guards together. We've got two bigs, elite defensive bigs and Evan Mobley and Jared Allen to play behind them that can make up for their defensive deficiencies. we got a chance to take a big step forward in the East. We've got one of the best young cores in the league now. And so they put in five unprotected picks between three unprotected first-round picks and two unprotected swaps. The bottom line is the Knicks looked at this and played a game with chicken with the Jazz and said, we don't think you guys are going to get the draft capital you want somewhere else, so we're going to wait and do this deal on our terms. The bottom line is, the Knicks play that game at chicken and they lost. And maybe in the long term, it'll work out for them. Maybe they'll get somebody else down the road. But they have been building up assets to get a star. They had a CAA star sitting there who wanted to play for the Knicks, who had ties to New York, that the franchise had ties on. They're already within their team with Johnny Bryant being there. All these guys, you know, they're a thousand reasons pointing for Donovan Mitchell going to the Knicks. And ultimately, the Knicks let the pitch go by and the Cavs stepped up and hit it. And that's why things played out the way they did. Yeah, we, we talked yesterday about the Knicks hadn't stuck to a plan in forever. They stuck to this Donovan Mitchell plan. This plan had been three years in the making. They mm -hmm. stuck to it. They stuck to it. They stuck to it. And they just didn't execute it at the end. They ended up treating Donovan Mitchell as a want and not as a need. And honestly, I think you can make a justification for that. You know, if if they'd have given up uh, what it would have taken to get him, you know, whether it would have been just a mountain of picks plus some some young talent or R.J. Baird and and a similar type of picks package as the Cleveland Cavaliers did, I you know I I I don't think that's something that would have vaulted them into honestly having a chance of getting out of the first round. Now maybe you can say, well, no, but it would have set them up to get another star, so on and so forth. But the other thing here, and and everybody I talked to around the league still thought this was going to end up with Donovan Mitchell in Madison Square Garden. But I thought it was Danny, going to be that three hours ago. I, 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 hours until ago. I saw Woj's tweet, I thought it was I thought it was going to and when I saw the tweet, first thing I did was made sure that there was a blue check mark on that thing. Um but Danny Ainge 
sent a clear message that this is about what he wants to do. This is about his vision for the Jazz. And what Donovan Mitchell wanted had absolutely nothing to do with uh, with the business that uh, the Jazz did this this offseason. And that obviously is a complete 180 from the way that they operated in, in the previous year and, and really few years. Well, just real quick, to your point about, about Danny Ainge McMahon, one thing an executive in the league has said to me over and over and over again the past several weeks is when you look at these trades, you have to focus on what is it that the team that's trading away the star player wants. And when you look at this from the Jazz perspective, from the moment they made that Rudy Gobert trade, they signaled what they wanted, which was a lot of picks. And mm-hmm. clearly, Cleveland stepped up and delivered what they wanted. And the Knicks had the ability to and didn't. And now there's going to be a long debate for a long time about whether that was the right decision or not that the Knicks made. But ultimately, that was their choice. They had the most picks. They could have got this done. They chose not to. And now Donovan Mitchell's a cat. So I want to talk real quick. Yeah, go ahead. I I was just going to say, even though Donovan Mitchell clearly wanted to go to New York, he certainly landed in a better win-now situation in Cleveland. Well, I I mean, I don't want to go into too much details, but I know that Donovan was very excited when he found out initially. When he found out that he was traded, number one, and two, that he was traded to the Cavs, um, and that the Cavs – um, we're not trading any of their three-star players right. uh, for him. Uh, I believe he was on a golf course um, and uh, might have been running around and, and hollering with excitement when he found out that. So I don't know. We'll see how he feels in three years about playing Cleveland. I say this as a, as a Northeast Ohio guy, but um, I think he was, I think I can say pretty confidently he was very excited in the moment uh, when he found out that he was going to be joining right. the team with, you know, Evan Mobley hasn't been an all-star yet, but he certainly, a potential yeah. all-star. Um, I want to say something real quick about landing the plane. Um, you're talking to executives who've been in the NBA for a really long time. Um, you know, a lot of people can talk about big deals. Um, there's something to be said for executing a big deal. So like you look at a guy like Pat Riley in his front office mm-hmm. in Miami, Andy Ellisberg, look at how many big deals those guys have done over the decades, whether it was getting Alonzo Mourning, whether it was getting um, Shaquille O'Neal, you know, getting LeBron James and Chris Bosh, getting Jimmy Butler. You know, you look at a guy like Sam Presti in Oklahoma City, whether it's trading stars out or bringing them in, look at how many times he's landed the plane on a big deal. Yeah. Closing a deal is hard in the NBA. And, you know, Masai Ujiri is another guy. He landed the plane. No matter what you want to say about anything, he landed the plane on Kawhi Leonard. The quite and you know, Carmelo the, the, back in the and day. Carmelo. Yeah. And so the tough thing here is, you know, the Knicks weren't able to land the plane. And ultimately, look, they still get it's not like those picks that they have are now not there. They still have those picks. They still have the eight tradable firsts. It doesn't mean that they can't go get another player, but you're right, Tim Bontemps. It took a long time for them to get in a position here where they had the edge on a trade. Um, you know, certain teams don't have an edge, you know, the, the, you know, for various reasons, you know, they the, not only the had heat. the edge, they, they not only had the edge, they were the undisputed runaway leaders right. in the clubhouse. I mean, your, your survey, like, it, it was 14. He's going to New York and one he's staying in Utah. 
And the one who's right? seen in Utah said, "I if he gets, he could. If he if that was, he didn't think he'd get traded by the start of the season. And it's hard to do that trade in season. He didn't think that the he thought the Knicks had the best chance to get him. Everybody mm-hmm. thought the Knicks had the best chance to get him. And again, but I, to your point, maybe it will be the right decision. But at the end of the day, the Knicks have spent all this time building up capital to get a star. They had a star sitting there. They didn't use it to get him. And now their mm-hmm. whole the whole Leon Rose tenure." it comes down to that decision. Like it's a referent. This becomes a, re- the whole tenure is a referendum on that decision now. So it was reported. I, I wish I could tell you who did the initial reporting. I just don't know. I was gone early this week. So I apologize. I'm not trying to not give credit. You were also on a golf re- cart run around celebrating, going crazy. I was not celebrating. Trust me. I was hitting the ball in the, in the native grass, as they say. Um, the, 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 there was a report that the Knicks offered RJ Barrett, uh, Quentin Grimes, um, and two unprotected firsts for Donovan Mitchell. I have reason to believe that that report was accurate. And then they signed Barrett, which in theory took him off the table, not really, but took him off the table. So let me just ask you this, because I have reason to believe that's accurate. As we sit here today, would you rather have RJ Barrett, Grimes, and the two unprotected Knicks picks or what they got from Cleveland, which is you know, some, you know, marketing is a rotation player on a medium sized contract, a lottery pick, Colin Sexton, that you're paying we'll be a fan favorite in Utah. And I mean, which, which deal as we sit here today, September 1st, 2022, which deal do you like better when we know that we're not going to know where the Cavs picks for a while, pick for a while, the picks, the picks, the picks, the picks. I do. I like Barrett better than uh, Sexton, although Barrett's more money, but Sexton obviously coming off the injury. Um, but it's about picks. It's oh, It was always primarily about picks and the fact that they are getting at least one more pick and the fact that those swaps are 2026 and 2028, which is after this Donovan Mitchell contract expires. Those swaps could certainly matter. I'm not saying they will because – even if Donovan Mitchell's not long for Cleveland, they still have a really nice uh, core of those three foundation pieces. But I'd go with the picks. I don't. To, what have you been saying, Brian, for two months, right? You've been saying, look at what teams do and what people do rather than what people say. You look at what's happened here. Danny Ainge makes a trade for four or five first, however you want to calculate it, a bunch of first round picks from the Minnesota Timberwolves two months ago, right? Whatever we think is the better package, it was clear what the Jazz were going to think was the better package. And that was, to Tim's point, the picks. Get more okay. picks. But RJ, you but can argue that RJ Barrett himself is they, worth he, two first. You can, you can argue whatever. The bottom line is what the Jazz wanted was the picks. And that's why, like, your question, which one is better, to me is kind of irrelevant. Because if you're looking at it from the Knicks' perspective, you knew what the Jazz wanted. And you chose not to offer it up in a trade, right? So let's go back to the conversation we had about RJ Barrett 24 hours ago when the Knicks signed on this extension. Are the Knicks, because the Knicks didn't put in those picks, do the Knicks maybe not think Donovan Mitchell's worth putting in five first-round picks? Do the Knicks think they're not good enough to McMahon's point earlier that it's worth putting in four or five first-round picks because the team, we all agree, wouldn't really be any kind of contender, just adding Donovan Mitchell to this team. Whatever the reason, there's some reason they didn't, we weren't willing to put in the same kind of picks the Cavs were. 
So whether one package is better or not, like I, I'd probably mm-hmm. like the Knicks package a little better in terms of just pure value, but that doesn't matter. It's what the Jazz wanted, and we all knew what the Jazz wanted. And the Knicks, well, from I the just, beginning, were never willing just, to pay yeah. that kind of price. Yeah, I just wonder if the Knicks would have gone to three unprotected picks by the end of September. We'll never you know. know. I, and, oh, I also wonder if what like could they have if they'd have thrown in maybe Dallas and either Washington or Detroit. Like, was there some right. way they could have thrown yeah. in some of that? I, we don't, I'm going to push. I'm going to push back on that because again, go to Minnesota. Go to the Minnesota trade. Go to the actions the Jazz took. What did the Jazz get in that trade? They got unprotected future draft picks. What did Danny Ainge get from the Brooklyn Nets way back in the day in the Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce trade? They got unprotected long-term future draft assets. That is what Danny Ainge was going to try to get for Donovan Mitchell, full stop. So if you wanted Donovan Mitchell, that's what you had to give up. Like, that's it. There's no, that's, that's the whole thing. And the Knicks, like you said, Brian, it's, you've been right on that the whole time. Look at, people's actions over what they say the Knicks actions the Knicks actions in this scenario were we don't think it's worth it to pay the price necessary to get Donovan Mitchell because that was going to require them to give up a ton of unprotected draft assets and again that's why this becomes a fascinating debate because you're not going to know the, the the result of this trade for seven years but that's the bet that the Cavs are that the Jazz are making on the long-term Cavs assets and the Knicks were not willing to put up those kind of assets. That's why Donovan Mitchell's in Cleveland and not in New York. So, yeah, so if you look at this summer for the Jazz, they traded Royce O'Neal, which started all this for a future first from the Nets. Although I don't know if it was a Nets pick. It was somebody else's pick, I think. Um, they get four firsts um, from yeah, it had the, to be somebody Wolves. else's. Houston it was has the, all the yeah, Nets. It was, it, was the, <laughs> it was the, I'm pretty sure it was Philly. the Philly pick from the, that's, Philly, right. that's yeah. right. They get four unprotected picks from the Jazz. I'm sorry, from the, uh, from the Wolves, although... Uh, they, one they look, was light. One's like a top five protection, I believe. Okay. Three are totally unprotected. You're right. And then they they got Walker Kessler, who was the 22nd pick in this draft by the Wolves. So they they kind of looked at it as getting five firsts. In yeah. this trade from the Cavs, they get three unprotected firsts, the two swaps, and the Cavs, O.J. Abaji, who was the 14th pick. So they look kind of look at it as getting four first plus the swap. So you combine all that together, the way they do their calculations, I'm sure, they're looking at, uh, what, 10 firsts that they pulled out of yeah. uh, this summer. And they haven't, they haven't done anything with Bog, uh, Boyan mm-hmm. Bogdanovich or Mike Conley or Jordan Clarkson yet or Malik Beasley. I think mm-hmm. all of those guys could be on the move. Um, I checked in because uh, I wondered, could they reroute Colin Sexton? Uh, maybe to the Lakers, for example, um, you know, uh, but I was told, no, that Sexton's going to be in Utah. At least that's the plan. Uh, I assume they're going to keep Abaji. We'll see if Markkinen stays. I don't know what Markkinen's market is, but. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hitch, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit DirecTV.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. 
Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. So uh, we'll talk more about that in a second. The other thing I want to say before we move on to focus to the Cavs, we talked about. I was going to say, I was going to say, we got to talk about the Cavs at some point. They're the we team will. that actually got. You this think Cavs. I'm not going to talk about the Cavs <laughs> because I haven't written four books about the Cavs? Um, yeah, but you're banned uh, from the state. I don't believe so. Um, so the uh, we talked about the animus that the Knicks and Jazz had at the end of this over the weekend. Um, the Cavs and the and the Jazz have a great comfort level with each other. Justin Zanuck, the general manager, and Kobe Altman, the Cavs general manager, um, have done four or five deals together over the last four or five years. Some of them big deals. Um, you know, J- Jordan Clarkson going to uh, Utah, for example. Uh, Rodney Hood coming to Cleveland, which at the time was a pretty big deal. They've done small. Jay Crowder going to Utah. Yeah, Jay Crowder. There's, there's, there's been and um, and, and Danny Ainge has history there too. Yeah, he did the deal with uh, Kobe Kyrie. For, um, for Kyrie. So there's a lot of comfort there, and um, and so uh, I think they went from a and and it and according to what Woj said, um, even though they had they had I know they had talked like the last couple of weeks, um, they when they got serious about this. As far as I know, uh, I checked in last week because I felt that they could have had a deal. And I felt that any deal that Utah did with Cleveland was probably going to have to include Colin Sexton. They could have mm-hmm. just traded a Kevin Love um, and Donovan Mitchell make almost the same money. Love makes a little bit less, like $2 million, but they could be traded straight up for each other. So I didn't want to discount that they could have been Kevin Love, but I thought it was likely going to be Sexton. So I checked in uh, last week on that, and I was told – that there had been no meaningful contract negotiations at the end of last week, there had been no meaningful contract negotiations between Sexton and the jazz. So I don't think it was, I think it happened pretty fast. All right. Now let's talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Timberwolves, when they did the deal for Rudy Gobert, one of the reasons that they felt comfortable going in on this deal was because they had Carl Anthony towns and Anthony Edwards there. They had two stars under control that they were going to have. And they said, let's go now. You look at the Cavs. They have Evan Mobley, who we all think has the potential to be a perennial all-star if he stays healthy for a decade plus and to be an absolutely dominating player on the defensive end. They have Jared Allen, who made an all-star team um, and is what, like maybe 26 or 27? I haven't looked And, up and is on a very, very reasonable contract with no opt-outs for four more years. Right. They 20 signed mil flat a year. Jared Allen's, Jared, Jared Allen's 24, by the way. 24. How old? Can you look up how old? Um, uh, Donovan Mitchell is about to turn 26. He's going to turn 26 next week. Jared Allen's 24. Can Darius you, Garland you look up how will old? turn 20. Darius Garland will turn 23 in January. Mm-hmm. Darius Garland, 23, just signed a five-year extension. No opt-outs. He's under contract for six years. Evan Mobley just uh, turned 21. Right. So Evan Mobley just turns 21. So the Cavs are now 
and and uh, Donovan Mitchell has three years left on his contract. The fourth year is a player option. And obviously that's going to be something to monitor very closely his interest in wanting to be in Cleveland long-term, but he's still under contract for three years, age 25, about to turn 26. That is why a a mid-market team like Cleveland, who is not going to be able to get guys in free agency. Mm -hmm. And yes, uh, the draft is huge, important for them. That's how they got these players. Um, They felt that they could go. And when I look at the Eastern conference, Bontemps and I've talked about this. We may have talked about this on the pod. I think we talked about the Cavs a couple of weeks ago. We weren't sure if they were a playoff team. And that wasn't yeah. an insult to them. That was just reality. This isn't and yesterday's so, Eastern Conference. It's it's loaded oh, now. I don't know. I don't know. But so the other thing is that they, so so not only do the Cavs now had already had three guys under control, because Mobley is under team control, but they had basket defenders. And so if you're going to trade for Donovan Mitchell, you got to have defense because he, you know, yeah. he's not going to be great defensively, especially if you're pairing him with Garland and they've got, they've got two elite got rim protectors, you know, both of whom can also move their feet. You know, you, you can't really target them on switches, especially not mobile. He'll, he'll absolutely swallow you up. Um, you know, the Cavs still are lacking for wings. They do have Karis the vert, uh, who now this trade does mean they probably are certainly going to give up the pick they owe there, which was lottery protected. I think they're, this definitely makes them uh, a playoff team. He's he's going in the last year of his contract. We'll see. But what the Cavs have done here is they have opened up a window to at least be very, very good. That's at least two years. And it's two years. And then maybe you have to make a decision on if Donovan you don't think is staying, then you can flip him and continue to if you get value for him, it's it's three years if you're willing to, uh, you know, risk him becoming a free agent. But they've got a chance to be a really good team with Mobley, especially. He can get much, much better. Well, listen, last year we talked about the Cavs a lot on the pod, right? I said about a thousand times the Jazz or the Cavs had one guy on the team who could dribble the ball. That was Darius Garland, right? They, and obviously, they eventually got Karis LeVert, but they they were putting all of their offensive creation on Darius Garland's shoulders, especially after Ricky Rubio got hurt. Obviously, Colin Sexton was hurt basically all year. You look at this trade. The Cavs from last year's team took Lowry Marketing, not a very good player. Replace him. He's fine. He's a rotation he's, player. He's not a very good player. He was also playing small forward on their team, which is insane. It was insane the entire time. They replaced Lowry Marketing a average or below average player with Donovan Mitchell. He's not below average. He's an average player. Fine. I mean, I, whatever. He's not very good. They turned him into an all-star guard. That's, he he, he, he was an odd line. fit on the, he was an odd fit on the Cavaliers and a guy who had trouble finding a, a, a suitor in free agency before that. That's right. The bottom line is they turned that player off last year's team. Forget the draft stuff for a second. Larry marketing out Donovan Mitchell in. That is a gigantic upgrade. Let me ask this. Yep. Do you I, like? I was just gonna go ahead. Go on. No, go ahead. Finish up. La- I just, I just was looking up the stats before we came on. Last year, the Cavs were fifth in the league in defense with Lowry Marketing playing small forward with Garris Garland at point guard. Right mm-hmm. now, that last year the Cavs were twentieth in offense again with basically Darius Garland as the only guy on the team who could really be an offensive creator. Now you've got two elite creators with the ball. And you still got the two elite rim protectors inside and Mobley and J- 
Jared Allen. I don't think it's out of line to think the Cavs could be top 10 in offense and top 10 in defense. Last year, the teams that did that, Utah, Boston, Memphis, Phoenix. That's it. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seat Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP, H-O-O-P. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click ranger.com or just stop by. Do you like a, the Donovan Mitchell trade for Cleveland better than the DeJounte Murray trade for Atlanta? I like this trade a lot better for Cleveland because I think the Cavs are better built to take advantage of what they have. Like I, I like the fit of DeJounte Murray with Trey Young. I'm not sure if the rest of the roster has the chance to elevate that much. Mm-hmm. But you've got with with Brian said at the top, when you and we, you both have mentioned it, when you have Garland and and Mitchell in your backcourt, you're going to have trouble guarding people. Well, if you've got two seven-footers who, like you said, man, can move around the court and get out and, and switch and do different things and also protect the rim, you take away a lot of those disadvantages. And all of a sudden, again, Cavs are 20th in offense last year. They, they're probably going to be a top 10 or 12 offensive team this year with those two guys on the court, assuming they're healthy. And Evan Mobley is going to get better. Like, there's no way he's not going to take a big step forward, just as out of osmosis. So I, I like this trade a lot better for the Cavs because I think um, they gave up a ton of assets, but their ceiling is to me a lot higher than Atlanta's. Let me just say a couple of things about the Cavs' gamble here. If you go back to the James Harden trade, the first James Harden trade, they wiggle in and pull Jared Allen out of that trade. Okay? That was a turning point, but yes, that's true. That is a turning point for the organization. Mm-hmm. Secondly, Colin Sexton gets hurt. Got Jared Allen. Bad... Got Jared Allen. By the way, it just should be reinforced. They got Jared Allen for the last pick of the first round. A Bucks first round pick. Yes, just an absolute heist from the okay. moment they did it. So Kobe Altman. That's a. We didn't see it at the time. But that's a, we, we all liked it the day it happened. Like, wow, that's a great yeah. trade. But we didn't see it at the time. Turning point moment in the franchise. Secondly, Colin Sexton gets hurt, which initially seems like it's bad, although he was not fitting well into the team at that point. But it clears the lane for Darius mm-hmm. Garland. And while it's unfortunate for Colin Sexton, clarifies that Darius Garland is their point guard of the future because there was some... Yeah wasn't sure and became a great runway for him. That, that moment happens. They hit the lottery in a way that where the third pick happens to be great and where the teams in front of them, just like the, the Rockets were obsessed with or locked on to Jalen green. 
doesn't mean that that was wrong, but there were other teams that had Mobley higher than number three on their board. Right. The Cavs didn't even have to, there was no drama in their pick. They, you know, Mobley was right there for them to take. It wasn't like, wasn't a hard call. It was there for them to take. He now looks like an absolute freaking stud. Um, and now because of, you know, LeBron, you know, they very, I'm not saying that they would testify that it's in court, but I'm not sure they could pass a lie detector that they were not saving cap space for LeBron James. All their actions, forget about their words, their actions were indicating they were protecting 2020. Yeah, for sure. Space. So for LeBron sure. signs his contract and now they realize, oh my gosh, we got to come up with a plan B. Then the Knicks who are in the catbird seat um, don't close the deal. They don't land the plane. Colby Altman comes in and lands the plane. Those events coming together are what allow the Cavs to pull this off. It's a series of events that comes together. They got to execute the, you know, they got to finish off the team. They got to play well together, all that stuff. They got to stay healthy. Those series of events. So let me just go over that. Now let me say this. This is deep in the CBA. Oh, no, McMahon, we got we got a lot of we got a lot of finger pointing and gesticulating. Okay. Wind horse is getting going. This is deep in the CBA, but the Cavs did create a problem today, a potential problem. And that is that you are only allowed to have two designated players on your roster. Uh, you can you can only trade oh, this, for this, one. This one, I'm going to stop you. This won't be a problem by then because Donovan Mitchell will be off his second Will be a problem, my good man. It will be a problem. No, I thought because... you only allowed to have. I thought you could have as long as you can't one be your own, like your own draft. I will, I will go over it for you. Okay. You are only allowed to trade for one. You cannot trade for right. two, which is why the the Nets couldn't trade for another. You know, they couldn't trade for Donovan Mitchell while they had Ben Simmons. Um, so the Cavs uh, had one uh, this summer. They created one when they signed Darius Garland to a five-year max. That makes him a does it, one of their designated players. Today, they traded for another one in Donovan Mitchell. They were allowed to trade for oh, him because they had traded for another. Now, Darius, or, uh, Evan Mobley, Assuming he continues to play this well, hmm. is probably going to be a designated player. He no, becomes probably for sure. He becomes eligible to sign that extension in the in the summer of 2024. Donovan Mitchell will still be on his contract, and uh, in that summer, and so even if Donovan Mitchell extends. Uh, which I think is, is, is doubtful at this point for various reasons we'll go over with. The, cat, the Cats can still sign Mobley, but they can't give him the five-year contract. They can that's only not, give him a four-year contract. That's also not accurate. They can't give him a five-year extension. They could sign him to a five-year max in summer of 2025. Assuming he's not going to want an extension, you're going to roll the dice. Well, yes. I'm – he can he could sign a four year extension in twenty twenty four, or they could sign a five year max deal okay. in twenty twenty five. Okay, we um, don't need to go ad nauseum with this. This will be discussed down the line, but I will point out that when the Cavs did this deal today, they did create a bit of a little thing to deal with on Evan Mobley potentially if he's what you wanted to be a designated player. That's all I wanted to say. We don't have to belabor the point, but that I just wanted to go over the the full. 
situation that the Cavs were looking at. Um, so uh, they also, you know, when you're in the Eastern Conference and you're competing with Jason Tatum and Kevin Durant and Giannis Antetokounmpo and Jimmy Butler, you do need perimeter Dang, size. This and Joel Embiid. I thought you. I thought you were an Embiid guy. But, My gracious. Well, again, size in the perimeter. Even Chris Middleton, size in the perimeter. The Cavs don't have size in the perimeter, so that is going to be something that they're going to need. But I'm not going to talk this about this and James Harden. Today. James Harden too. Um, so they aren't exactly, you know, they're not complete yet, but obviously they take a huge step forward. And um, well, you know, if you're if you're if you're Toronto, if you're Chicago, if you're Atlanta. You're not feeling great about the Cavs, you know, making this move. Right. Well, a couple, couple things here. First off, basically Evan Mobley would be in the situation that Brandon Ingram is in where he got the five-year max contract in as a restricted free agent. So that mm -hmm. it's a, it's a quirky thing. It could be a potential small problem. I don't think it's a huge issue. If Donovan Mitchell's still on the team at that point, the Cavs will have be in pretty good shape overall. Now to go, to go to this situation, we talked with Minnesota made, the Utah trade, um, that info is all from Bobby Marks, by the way. I was checking to make sure I was right. So full credit to Bobby. I checked with him uh, too. When Minnesota made the when Minnesota made the the Gobert trade, we talked about the fact that this team had so little playoff success, right? A couple quick trivia questions for Mr. Windhorst. Mr. Windhorst, when was the last time the Cleveland Cavaliers won a playoff series without LeBron James? 1992. 92-93. Oh, man. 30 years ago. 30 years ago this season. They have won a playoff series in three years in their entire history when LeBron James wasn't on the team. Now, obviously, they won a ton of games in the playoffs, won a championship with LeBron James. Obviously, that all matters. But without LeBron James, the Cavs have had very little playoff success. This gives them a real chance to do that. And to me, I love the fact that we're seeing these teams with young stars taking a huge swing like this and trying to make big steps forward. I think it's awesome for the league. I think the league's in a great place. We have all these interesting young teams across the board, Minnesota, Memphis, Cleveland, even Atlanta with the DeJounte trade. Like, it's fun and wide open right now to see all these different teams taking swings and trying to get these guys and making steps forward. And I'm, I'm pretty pumped from a competitive basketball standpoint for both the East and the West. Like, there's, we talked about it with Sacramento yesterday. Like Sacramento had a nice summer, made some steps forward. It's hard to argue. They're one of the 10 best teams in the West. It's going to be hard to figure out who's going to, I mean, there's going to be a really good team in the East. that's going to miss the playoffs, Toronto, Cleveland, Atlanta, Chicago, you know, Brooklyn, Miami, some team like that is not going to make the playoffs because you can only have eight naked and that's, there's nine good minute, really good teams. So I'm pretty stoked. Did you yeah, mention Cavs the Knicks? have nine national TV games this year, which even you know at the uh, at the start, Jazz Knicks on TNT on my birthday, not uh, or Knicks at Jazz, I should say, not not quite the same juice as it uh, was supposed to have. <laughs> R.J. Barrett against Colin Sexton, baby. <laughs> not only that, I'm pretty sure um, that uh, <laughs> that in February, or that in February, the first game after the trade deadline, or the first national TV game after the trade deadline was. Uh, Jazz Knicks. I think they were setting up uh, a potential there. Uh, that might come off national TV too. Um, 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to close it down here. I will say this, the jazz are not done moving here. Um, as we mentioned earlier, we expect Boyan Bogdanovich, Conley, um, and all those guys. Um, obviously the one thing that you're going to think about if you're the Lakers is because I think the Lakers were maneuvering. Um, we had a report out of the, uh, the New York post today that the cam reddish, kind of interested in getting traded and i think that was code for hey when you when you send uh when you when you when you trade for donovan mitchell how about you send me to the jazz so i can get rerouted to the lakers um this trade uh Bontemps did the math for me a little earlier it pushes the jazz within a couple million of the tax i, I can tell you from bobby bobby marks again uh doing doing the quick math there are 1.7 million below the tax with 17 players on full uh fully guaranteed contracts on the roster right now. Okay. So keep in mind, because uh, I do think that the Jazz and the Lakers can still do business here. There's Lakers potentially have pick or picks that the Jazz might want. Um, I don't think the Jazz are going to want to be in the tax after doing that deal. So, <laughs> you don't think, huh? <laughs> yeah. So um, it'd be interesting to see if, uh, you know, cause remember Westbrook is the second highest paid player in the league at 47 million. Mm -hmm. So the Lakers are going to have to, um, Lakers are going to have to, uh, you know, assemble a deal if they're looking, you know, if they go that route and obviously there'll be other teams. I think, uh, Bogdanovich, if he comes on the market, I think other teams will be interested. I think well, that's, that's why the jazz, that's why the jazz make a lot of sense as a trade partner. Cause they have several, pretty good players that make a lot of money and the Lakers could get, they could basically re reverse engineer the original wizards trade and get a bunch of guys that help them. And the cat, the, the jazz could still save a little money and the Lakers could get a real rotation. Like if there's a reason why, you know, logically it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I also just want to see if I want to say, I'd like to see what the Cavs do with Kevin love. I assume they'll yes. keep him. Um, well, I think they'll definitely keep him. Uh, they could, they could listen, uh, he's a he's a big expiring contract now. They don't have pick or picks to attach to it anymore, but he's a big expiring contract, and there could be something that comes up uh, to help them. But they're willing to take on money, clear needs. Yeah, yeah, they are willing to take on money. They just don't have a lot of off. Even even with Karis Levert too, there's just not a lot of offense on the roster. So my guess is that from that standpoint, they'll keep Love because he mm -hmm. gives them. They just added Donovan Mitchell. That's some pretty well, good. I, no, 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 I know, but boost I'm, offense. I'm saying, but I'm saying across the board outside of that, like having a guy like Kevin Love to space the floor whenever you have, you know, Mobley or Jared mm -hmm. Allen out there by themselves, like that, that's going to create a ton of space for those guys to operate, is more what I'm saying. Like he is, is working in a second unit coming off the bench. He was one of the best bench players in the league last year. I just think he's probably more valuable to them that way than as an expiring contract. I do think quick, though, because we kind of mm -hmm. glossed over it. I think we should do a quick exercise on where we think the Cavs stack up after this trade in the East. Well, Boston's better, right? Mm -hmm. Milwaukee's Milwaukee, better. Milwaukee, Philly, Philly, Brooklyn. Mm, I'm not. I can't say Brooklyn. I, can't I have no I can't idea assume, what's going to happen with Brooklyn. I can't assume anything in Brooklyn. I would. I would. Yeah. Agree Miami. That. I, Miami is an interesting one. Do we think Miami's better? Lost yeah. PJ Tucker, another year older for Jimmy. Kyle struggled. Kyle Lowry struggled last year. I think Kyle Lowry will be better next year, but I we'll think, see. He I is think, getting up I there think, in the years. 
I think Miami will be better, but Bam out of bio about awfully good what, player. Bam, Bam's really good. What about Toronto? I said I I I three hours ago I would have said Toronto was better than Cleveland. I can't say that now. Yeah. I would I have said I Atlanta prefer, is better, think, better than Cleveland. I think I prefer Cleveland. I prefer Cleveland to Atlanta. I prefer it leaving Cleveland to Chicago. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you're the Cavs, somewhere around. If you're fifth. the Cavs, you're you're gunning for home court first round series. That's what you're gunning for with this. That seems like that. That seems like the ceiling, right? Do you sneak ahead of Miami and, and Brooklyn, and you're the four seed? Yeah, you got to see how healthy everybody is. No, I'm just but saying. I, obviously, health is health is. We're assuming health across. Well, the that that seems like the ceiling for this season, and again. Uh, they've got uh, at l- I think Garland and Mobley in particular uh, are outstanding players oh, for who sure. have a chance to s- continue taking significant strides. And to your point, I was only talking about this year. Like that, right. the thing that's exciting about this group is these guys are all young. They do fit pretty well together. They can grow together. Like there's a lot, there's a lot to like there. But I I do think it's interesting that you know whether it's fifth the ninth or fourth the ninth like that. That's a band of really good teams, and one of those teams is not going to make the playoffs. And three of those teams are going to be in the play-in. So that's, you know, that's going to be something to watch all year. Because as we've seen, we saw with Atlanta last year, like, you know, it's these things from year to year, if you don't reach what your supposed expectation is. I mean, look at Chicago. Chicago traded all these things to get DeMar, to get Lonzo, to get Alex Caruso, Black First half of last year, they looked like they were rocking and rolling. Then they have these injuries. Now they're we think they're a playing team. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like this stuff can shift around really fast. Well, I wonder if – I don't know who would be available, but I wonder if any of those teams behind them now wonder if they have to make a move. And, you know, I also <laughs> – you know, I also will just say that you know, Cleveland, we don't know what Evan Mobley is going to be. I mean, if Evan Mo- oh, him and, and Scotty Barnes and all those teams and, are two, yeah, him right. and Scotty Barnes so like and those if, teams are two big wild cards. If, if Evan Mobley comes back and goes like big step forward, which is reasonable, like what if he comes back and he's like looks like all star starter material this year? I mean, I'm, I'm not saying mm-hmm. for sure, but like he's quiet guy. He's not posting videos of what he's doing. So what what if he comes back and he's now hitting forty three percent on threes? Well, I saw I saw pickup run clips where he shot 100 percent from three point range, <laughs> <laughs> just like Mello. Hey, just like every there's other your big wing. NBA, Cleveland, there's summer. your big wing. Call Mello; he's available. There you um, go. All right. Uh, thanks That'll for doing this defense. emergency podcast. <laughs> um, a lot more to be discussed. Um, does this wrap the summer, the NBA summer? Can we have three weeks? I don't know. Probably not. Um, thank you to our producers for scrambling and putting this together. Thank you for listening. Everybody have a good weekend. Thanks for listening to the collective. Adios amigos. Real quick. What's the easiest choice you can make window seat over middle taco Tuesday over salad. What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/hoop. 
all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash hoop now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash hoop.